0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the 10 12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 conference. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. So this is our last episode of the year. We're going to take a little break until after the new year. Uh, For one, I need a little bit of a break. For two, it's the holidays. We all got family and we've got things going on. So I decided for our last episode, we should really just make this, let's just have some fun. Let's bring together the whole 1012 family under one podcast in one big Zoom call and have a good time. So, joining me today, uh, as they do always on Monday, of course, Andy Mitz. How's it going? Good to be here. Andy, always a pleasure to have you. Uh, Jamie Steyer.
2: Hello. I am... Uh, I've been worse. I've been slightly better, but I still like being a cyclone.
1: We won't ask too much of Jamie today. Uh And... <laughs> Our two good friends who generally join us on Thursdays for picks are joining us here today as well. Chris Ross.
3: I'm supposed to say something here. I get the feeling. (laughs)
1: Uh,
3: Yeah, it's a little bit earlier than usual. Making picks this week is going to be really tricky since the lines just came out a few hours ago. Uh,
1: To quote, uh, who's on his anyways, this is the game where the points don't really matter and it's all just for fun. And of course, Daniel
4: Alexander. Thank you so much for having me, Chris and I coming down to the wire. So uh, I look forward to winning the six pack.
1: We do, we
3: yeah. Philip likes to say it's it's not for anything, yeah. but I'm competitive.
1: I want to win, Daniel. If you do win, just know that you that Chris won't pay up his bet because he still owes me from last year. So. No,
3: I I will, and I'm gonna I'm gonna double that up. I have to send it to you. So
1: I don't know how to send alcohol across state lines. Is that a thing? You, so you put um, it in a box. Like a thing. You pad it all really well so it doesn't break. You put an address on it, and you mail it.
2: And you hope USPS right. gets doesn't break it.
1: into it. They don't. You pad it really well. They ask, is there anything Depends on how liquid the or breakable in here? And You go, no.
0: And they go, okay. And then you mail it. <laughs> so you lie to Number a federal A&E. employee. Awesome. Let's commit a felony.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not going to break because it's, it's well padded. and It's not liquid. It's alcohol
2: to extreme different
0: yes oh my gosh yeah this is this is all the entertainment right all right (laughs)
2: hey
0: merry christmas okay
1: uh so let's start things off uh talking about saturday obviously the big 12 championship game has come and gone the oklahoma sooners are big 12 champions for the sixth year in a row the lincoln riley tweet with the uh, michael jordan (laughs) jeff was um i mean deserved i'm Six years in a row. What else can you say? Jamie, I I don't want to put too much on you today, um, but I do have to see how are you feeling right now?
2: Honestly, I never let myself get my hopes too far up. Honestly, in regards to the championship game, I was extremely happy to be there, but I knew that Oklahoma's a really good team um it was nothing really to say that oh my gosh i i didn't think we had a chance blah blah blah. no it's just that you know when you haven't been there before i wanted to try and temper my expectations so i could still enjoy it either way so obviously it really really hurts to have it come that close and have it end that way but at the same time i think long term you look back on it and you say you know what we really competed hard And there are some aspects of that game that obviously we would like to get a do over. We would like to do things a little bit differently. But at the same time, you know, sometimes you don't get to leap forward. Sometimes you just take a step forward, and being in the game at all is definitely a a big step.
1: You mean, I don't,
3: do you think that was the difference though? The fact that it was the Cyclone's first trip. Uh to the Big 12 championship game and at Oklahoma, obviously they regularly regularly attend and they're used to the stadium, they're used to the Jumbotron hanging over their head. It's all familiar for them. And for Iowa State, it's a little uh you know, first game jitters kind of it's it's just new. And, and and in my opinion, in the first half they looked mm-hmm. a little overwhelmed. No,
2: I totally agree. And I mean, I think that they they did their best and like they played with you know good composure, but you can't just make yourself adjust to something like no matter how well you prepare, no matter how mature you are, you're going to have those adjustment periods. And like you said, Oklahoma didn't have that same kind of adjustment to even make. So, I mean, obviously the first and second half were almost like watching two different games. So I think that definitely makes a really big impact.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, look, To state that Iowa State did their best, I don't know. They didn't play a great game. They had some really great moments. And props to the defense. The defense was, especially Mm in that second half, just played lights out. I mean, completely and totally lights out. Um, And even in the first half, I think OU completed some plays in the first half that were a little bit like, wow, that Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily well executed. They were just studs making plays. Um, I think of the... uh, Oh, I got to think of the, the receiver for Oklahoma who, who leapt up, caught the pass, and had like four defenders right around him and bounces all over the plate, Hazelwood, and then hits the ground and still has the ball. Like, Oklahoma was making those plays in the first half, and you saw those and just went, oh, this isn't a good sign for Iowa State. Oklahoma always makes right. those plays in these but games. But they couldn't it. in the second half. And, and I think that's one of those, like, OU's talent well, was I'll winning, see. and then I'll OU's, well, Iowa State's defense just, bowed up and played a fantastic game. And I want to say props to Iowa State defense, but at the same time, I mean, I think for Iowa State, you can look at it one of two ways. You can say, we didn't play all that well and we were in it till the end, but also frustrated by, we didn't play that well, yet we were still in it to the end and that close.
3: The the one thing I would say about this is I do feel like the difference in the game was that Iowa State was a little uh, shell-shocked at first, a little overwhelmed at first. It took them a little bit to get their feet underneath them. But at the same time, the only reason they got back into that game, in my opinion, is because in the second half, OU came out like they had the game won. They were way more conservative. The play calling in the first half was way more aggressive by Lincoln Riley. And, you know, that played into kind of the score getting away from Iowa State and in Oklahoma getting a big start. I felt like in the second half, they just came out more vanilla, more like, okay, let's just go win this game and and take care of business and then we'll get out of here. And that allowed Iowa State to get some momentum, get their feet underneath them, and then, you know, make it a game that it was was a great game. It was an incredible game. Uh, But I do think that those kind of factors kind of determine the outcome.
0: Yeah, but let's not forget that that targeting call at the very beginning of the game, taking out Mm -hmm. one of Iowa State's best defenders, Mm -hmm. changed the tenor of the game immediately. And you could tell Iowa State was struggling with that, trying to figure out how to respond to that. And really got got away from what it is that they want to do. And that opened up the door for a lot of things that Oklahoma was trying to do. And then, to your point, Chris, like they got really conservative really early in that game in the second half. That's something that Lincoln Riley has actually done several times this year. It bit them against Kansas State. It bit them several times early in the year. They almost lost the game against Texas because of the exact same thing. Like This is something that we have seen time and time again. And it almost happened again to them. And I always say just dug themselves a little bit too deep of a hole. Matt Campbell going crazy in the first half and not getting that penalty called on him that he probably should have. I think that was epitomizing like what it, what was going on with that team that they were just, they just didn't know how to handle themselves. Like to have something like that go so wrong that early in the game really kind of changed the way that they played and they lost their composure for the longest time. But let's also be honest, like, while that was technically the right call because of the letter of the law if that had happened to Alabama or Clemson there would be calls all over the place for them to look at that rule going into the offseason and change it for next year because that was not a dirty hit in, in any fashion that was literally him going to make a very clean play and the guy fell down before he actually got there like that's that's all that was it, it you know that that is a the the targeting call that you have to call just because of the letter of what the rule says but it most definitely was not the kind of call that they're, or the kind of play that they're trying to get out of the game with the targeting rule.
3: In, in the officials might. We see that in media days where um, the officials, when they announce the rule changes, they talk about specific plays where this caused us to be. And I know Jamie's going to have some thoughts on that call. For me, it was a 50-50 call, it letter of the law. You know, I know Iowa State fans are very frustrated in the first half of the officiating, but kind of my take on that is, Yeah. Sometimes the officiating is bad. In this case, I just felt like they're not helping Iowa state out is the difference. It's not bad officiating. They're just not helping Iowa state out. And I think they were a little frustrated with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, part of it, I almost think is like, it's the coach's kid in me that I try to mostly avoid, like even pretending that I can blame like officiating for a game gone awry. Like I'll say like, yeah, obviously that's, was extremely unfortunate I think that it obvious I do very much think it follows the letter of the law do I think that the letter of the law should be looked at yeah absolutely but like it is what it is and I just think that the biggest thing we look at is yeah being able to adjust to that adversity and I mean obviously that's a huge hit to take for the defense there and so sure it can it could get you a little bit out of whack but um just going forward I think that when Iowa State maybe gets the quote-unquote bend there mentality about those things, then maybe they don't get so completely thrown off by it. Like, I'm not going to be – there's a lot of people out there still, like, really talking about that call a lot, and obviously, yeah, it sucks. But it's just – to me, it's just not something to dwell on because you can't change it.
3: No, and you're never going to convince me that a call in the first 30 seconds of a game changed the outcome.
0: Well, I mean no. when you lose a player of that caliber though, it completely changes the way that they could have attacked Oklahoma in that game. I thought they did a really good job. And, and again, I'm not trying to say that, you know, the officials ruined the game or that the, you know, or that they even made the wrong call there. I'm I think my point more or less was the fact that Iowa State got outside of what they wanted to do because they didn't react well to what happened early in the game. And if that had happened to a team like Alabama or Clemson, we would have been hearing from everybody that, oh my gosh, they have to look at the rule in the offseason. We're not going to hear any of that unless the, you know, unless the rules committee decides that they want to take a look at it. This is probably going to be forgotten in about, you know, two weeks. So two things that affected the outcome to this point. Let's talk about the end of this game.
1: Um, because Iowa State seemed completely out of sorts. And we can debate whether they should have called a timeout or whether or not Bradford should have done that pass. They got intercepted to end the game. But Iowa State just seemed off in that drive completely. I mean, you had back-to-back false starts. You, you got a first down to the Oklahoma 33. Your offense feels like it's it's moving. Like, it feels like, okay, this is trucking along. This feels like Iowa State might come down here and and take the lead in this game. Back-to-back false starts. Incomple- you get a nice completion and the, But even that one, it took a minute. They, you could hear the announcers noting, like, you know, you're running out of time. And okay, get the ball off. And then that last possession for Iowa State. And you're watching just going, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? What, what are we doing? Why is this taking so long? They rush the play. Brock Brady floats that pass. And as soon as he threw that, you just went, oh, no. Because that thing hung in the air like in slow-mo and got picked. And that whole sequence of those last four possessions there, I, you just, in the last four plays, you just look at it and go, what happened to Iowa State? Did the moment just get too big? Did the realization that they could win that from where they were overwhelm them? Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to pinpoint to one thing because I don't think it's just Brock Purdy through the I People say, I can't believe he threw that. Well, I can't believe they didn't call a timeout. Well, I can't believe they seem to get so flustered and out of sorts at the end there. I do think it's something to, I don't know how much I buy into the whole idea of like, well, they've never been there before, and so it just overwhelmed them. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it was something Oklahoma was doing. I don't know. But it was very uncharacteristic to me of Iowa State to get that just like out of their world at the end of the game there. And I, I mean, Jamie, you watch Iowa State all the time. It just doesn't seem very Iowa State to me. I was very shocked with how the game ended in that way, especially coming from Iowa State.
2: Yeah. I mean, generally they do have like a certain level of composure, but I mean, at the same time, it just, I don't know. It's a situation that you can't really predict until you're in it. And yeah, I don't, I don't have a good explanation for it. I don't think the people who are on the field probably have a good explanation for it. It's, I mean, there's a lot of small things you can look at obviously and say, we'll do this differently. But at the end of the day, it's, it just, when you let it get down to the very last second, things like that can change the entire game. If that sequence happens it two minutes into the third quarter, it doesn't matter nearly as much. So, I don't know. I mean, when you just push and push and push and you get yourself in a position where you have a one-score game, it, it just changes the whole tenor of everything. Because if you're just pushing and you're trying to get down there to make it look better, obviously it doesn't really matter. But, yeah. I, I- – I don't know, they usually do have, like I think, a little bit more of composure there, but it's kind of uncharted territory, so.
3: I'd like to go back to the drive before that, actually, where we saw Brees Hall start to show up in this game. And they, they marched the field, got the touchdown, and then, you know, he disappeared again. And I thought that Brees Hall might struggle more than usual with that Oklahoma defensive front, but I was a little disappointed that we didn't see Campbell get more creative in how they got uh, haul the ball, and, and, and in fact, I, I uh, Ramonde Stevenson had a phenomenal game on the other side, so I don't want to discredit that. I think give him a shout out. That was a phenomenal performance by him. Um, but we didn't see a lot of haul until that drive, and then on the on the what would have been the game winning drive, we didn't see a lot of them then either. Yeah, pretty.
0: Much. <laughs> Look, I think I, I was talking before the game, and what I my my analysis kind of boiled down to this: If Iowa State stayed with themselves and played their game, they had a very good shot to win that game, and that's what we saw in the second half. They got back to what it is that they normally do, and then it kind of got away from them again in those last couple drives there. But when they were playing their game, they played a lot better than Oklahoma did. You know, both on both sides of the ball, when they kept their composure and were doing the things like. And, and playing the way that they wanted to play. They were outperforming Oklahoma. It was all the rest of it, unfortunately, that was more than 50% of the game where they just completely kind of almost forgot what it was to play Iowa State football, and Oklahoma took advantage and was able to to, to hold on for the win there. So, you know, that's a game. It, it, it's, unfortunately, it's one of those games where if the game was even, you know, two minutes longer, um, Iowa State probably wouldn't have been so rushed in that last drive and could have, you know, put it together or if they had gotten it together even you know 2 minutes earlier in that first half they could have potentially scored again before the first half ended and then we wouldn't have been in that situation at the end of the game they just they they stopped playing Iowa State football for just a little bit too long in that game and it, and it came back to bite them
3: a little bit more on the Oklahoma side because I mean this is very Iowa State focused and I mean that tells you everything is Oklahoma I mean they just do everything well they're a very good team but Spencer Rattler the Composure that he has developed throughout the season after being benched um, and the way he's handled games and the way he handled this game was, again, phenomenal. You thought that maybe, you know, some, he might have to play late game heroics again and, and see how that played out for them, but he, he handled it well.
1: True. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did. I look, I think for Oklahoma, like I think there's going to be more of a conversation with them looking forward into next season because you look at Rattler. And this really young receiving core and a bunch of running backs who are going to be back. And I think OU is poised for an even – for a pretty big 2021. So I I don't – it's not to take credit away from Oklahoma for winning. I just think Iowa State's the more interesting story because of how the game went. Because Iowa State got down big and then came back and had an opportunity and couldn't make it happen. Um, props to Oklahoma for winning their sixth in a row. Like I don't – It's at a certain point it's like, okay – like, I think most people outside of Ames, Iowa, thought Oklahoma was going to win this. And I think a lot of people in Ames, Iowa, thought Oklahoma would still probably win this. It's um, certainly at halftime. And so, I don't, like, how many things can you say about a team that's won six straight conference championships, wins all the time, recruits the way they do, is as coached as well as they are, has Lincoln Riley at the head, has Spencer Rattler now as the quarterback for the next three, four years. Like, I, I don't, I'm not trying to, like, take away from Oklahoma, but it's kind of like talking about Alabama. Or Clemson. like I mean, I could sit here and heap praise upon players, and we I mean, we can. As you mentioned, Stevenson looked really good. Um, I still don't understand how Marvin Mims wasn't first team all Big 12. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. That said, uh, Xavier Hutchinson was, and I was a little bit like, okay. Uh, and was the offensive newcomer of the year, which I thought was a little bit okay. Because it felt more like this season he was had like no expectations and then obviously surpassed them. And was the only wide receiver, wide receiver, not pass catcher, because when I talk about the tight ends, but only wide receiver that really stepped up for Iowa State this year. But he really stepped up in this game as well. Like I thought, I was really impressed. And watching him as as able to sit and just watch what he did, ten catches, one hundred fourteen yards. I was like, okay, all right, that's that's fine. You you, it's one of those things where like someone wins the award and you're like, all right, now prove it. And then they go and do. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I I, you know I don't like uh, handing awards afterwards, but. We're good. I was impressed by his performance on Saturday.
0: And let's be honest, most of those awards are who outperformed expectations the most as opposed to who is actually the best. Oh, like, yeah, no. a, a lot of times it's really hard to objectively evaluate across all the different programs. So you look at who outperformed whatever the expectations were for them. And then kind of rank them that way and just make sure that the overall numbers validate that selection. So I don't, I'm not saying we're not not diving into the,
1: we're not diving into the 12 stuff because I don't want to, we can do a podcast on on all (laughs) that. No, no. They're whatever. They're fine.
0: They're good. It doesn't, it,
1: it's kind of like most words. Sorry, sorry. I life. I
0: won't try to derail the podcast again.
1: Yeah, I've right. Look, I've got you and Chris here. Like this is gonna that happens very. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm just kidding. Um. Okay. So, any other thoughts on the Big 12 title game? Oklahoma winners again. Iowa State. We'll see what happens next year. Obviously, we'll have a. We will recap each team. Have a big wrap up for each each one, uh, come spring as we, as we get into other episodes. any other thoughts on the Big 12 title game? <laughs> Oklahoma winning it anybody
0: just looking forward go ahead daniel yes they won by six yeah 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 yep yeah no i was gonna say my my only thought about the big 12 title game is i'm i'm looking forward to figuring out who is going to be the new team to face oklahoma next year Hey, hey we we're we're saving that okay I, have, I
1: know. I know. Trust me. If you think I haven't thought about whether the better bet is West Virginia or Kansas State, especially now that Skylar Thompson has announced but, he's coming back for another season.
0: Philip, it's obviously. I'm just, I, I'm just teasing for no,
1: the no, next few no, no, no. episodes, right? No, Chris, you, you're Chris. So the, the, the point is that since the Big 12 title game has come back, Oklahoma has made it every year and they faced a different team each time. So we've had DCU, ooh, Texas, ooh. Baylor, and now Iowa State. I want what the ACC has. I want where literally every Coastal team, and now Notre Dame, has in each year won the Coastal. So literally every team in the Coastal has won it without a single repeat in between, and now you have Notre Dame. So they've done like the impossible. Okay, Eight different teams in a row against either Florida State or Clemson. So we're, the discussion is for the Big 12, okay, how long can this run continue in the Big Twelve? Oklahoma versus somebody different. So we've gone through four. So we've gone through half of the conferences has played in the conference title game. That leaves Kansas State, West Virginia, uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and, and Kansas. Um, so the reality of this happening is,
3: it's not. Wait. So are we making prop
1: bets here? No, uh, no, no. I no. we just calling no. back to
0: a previous so, episode. So
1: the 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 question will be, and we will do this. The plan is to have a big uh, multi-person, like multi-episode roundup uh, when we come back. And one of the questions is going to be, of the five teams who has not faced Oklahoma yet, who is most likely to do so next season so we can keep this run going? And I think the two answers are going to, like, be West Virginia or Kansas State. And with Skylar Thompson coming back, spoiler, Skylar Thompson's coming back. I mean, that feels like, that feels like, the best bet if if this run's going to continue i mean you can put your money on kansas that it's a big pay oh, if out. you could only put
3: your money on if you could only put your money on kansas and texas tech who would it be
0: i i plead the fifth
1: the silence says everything but that's incredible <laughs> I plead the fifth. texas tech is replacing their offensive coordinator so uh, changing. yeah and kansas is basically replacing their entire offense so so there's that okay <laughs> And you're still not sure. I would, I would say tech. If I had to say which one is more likely, I mean, I guess Texas tech, tech.
0: But
2: you might as well just throw your money in a dumpster. At that when
0: we're looking at the difference between point zero one percent and point zero 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 one percent, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, Tech. I am. I love you guys. It,
2: Kansas, eh, you know.
1: You've got basketball. We know. You both are in basketball mindset. It doesn't matter. You're like, football? What's that? Who has the better coach? (laughs) Again, the silence.
2: These leading questions.
1: Head coach? What is their purpose? To win or to recruit? (laughs) Because one's doing a better job of one, kind of, and one's doing a better job of the other.
2: Kind of. Kind of.
1: Kind of debatably <laughs> arguably so,
2: uh
1: congratulations boys you've got this off the rails just as you said you would and threatened you would
0: so so there's that so why don't we just throw this of course, completely off poor progress. daniel said like what 10 words in the entire podcast
2: so far <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so to keep this off the rails as this is our last episode of the uh, of the year Huge, huge shout out to our sponsors for this season. One of which, of course, is Lazy Fair Coffee. Ethically sourced beans from around the world. Rested right in the heart of Big 12 Country. Five fantastic flavors. Look, this is coming up on Monday. Christmas is uh, but a few days away. If you haven't finished your Christmas shopping yet, uh, you're you're not the only one. There's plenty. Um, If I might suggest for the person on your Christmas list who loves a bag of coffee, go into LazyFair. fair coffee.com grab, uh, grab a bag or two. Use the promo code 1012. Get 10% off your order. If you live in the DFW area, shipping is free. So free shipping and a discount on a really, really great bag of coffee. And you have five to choose from. I just had a really good cup of the Cafe Cubana this morning. That is a good cup of coffee. So, For the coffee lovers on your Christmas shopping list, Lazy Fair Coffee, promo code 1012, 10% off. And either you or your family or your friends can be enjoying a really good cup of coffee in 2021. And for Lazy Fair, and for Tristan who runs Lazy Fair, really enjoyed having them as a sponsor this football season. It's been fantastic. We love having them. Uh, Maybe we'll have them again. We'll see. But for now, this has been a great Partnership really enjoyed it. and I'm, I'm serious, guys. Like, it's a really good cup of coffee if you're a coffee snob like is. I am. So, and look, Jamie is also a coffee snob. Maybe I shouldn't uh, say coffee snob, but I no, no,
2: very much coffee snob. I went to Duncan the other day and I couldn't even drink it. So, I've graduated. I am not happy about it. It's just where I am in life. And uh <laughs> so, now I guess I need to stock up on my lazy fare.
1: It's time. It's time. Quick, before the end of the year, the promo code goes away. <laughs> January one, it don't work. So just throw that out there. Um, do we wanna dive into the, the, the college football playoff rankings and the ludicrousness Other than to of say them? I'm not
0: watching. And <laughs> I, I <sighs> Here, here's the thing.
3: I'll say this. I and I didn't have this pulled up. I didn't know we were gonna go down this rabbit hole, but I I mean I'm extremely frustrated. Committee in the fact that you know, I get it's 2020 and things are going to be a little bit different, but you know, you don't let the Big 12 in because you don't want to name it, name a champion when the Big 12 didn't when they co-chance between Baylor and TCU. And then the Sun Belt names Coastal Carolina and Louisiana Lafayette co-champs because they weren't able to play their game because Coastal and COVID and and whatever they name them co-champs and they and for no apparent reason because it didn't really. I mean, they're not going to the playoff. The playoff committee comes out and volunteers that they're going to name Coastal the champion for playoff purposes because because of the ranking and they just think they're better, basically. And it's like you're going out of your way to, to dog the Big 12, basically. When you've already, you know, you kept the Big 12 out because of that 13th data point and now Ohio State's in with like 40 less data points whatever it is. And when they barely when they struggle bust, you know, their game. And it just the the constant uh, double talk and in one season they say this and then they immediately contradict it and Ohio State is always the beneficiary. It's just I, I put a poll out and I, I was pulling this up. I need to pull up the profile. I pulled a poll I put a poll out like how, what is your trust in the playoff committee? in their logic and picking these games. Are they getting it right? Are, are, or you know, are they are they using proper reasoning and, and deduction and, and everything that we'd expect? Or do, is it a joke? Do you not believe in them? And in the, in the vote is 80% don't believe in the committee. 80%.
4: To, to follow up on what you're saying here, uh, it's really unfortunate because the committee had an opportunity this year uh, the season sort of feels like a mulligan. They were able to step out, maybe say, hey, we're going to try some things differently this year. We're going to open this up. Major League Baseball did it. NHL did it. Uh, the NFL is even doing it this year, adding extra playoff teams. It'll probably stick, but it's like, it's not unprecedented this year for all of these leagues to sort of change up their postseason format. You know, the NBA even added the, the play-in game. So it's like, had college football just come out or, you know, the committee just come out and said, we're going to approach this a little differently this year. Uh, you know, some teams played four, five, six games. Some teams got whole seasons in. We understand that this might be hard to judge and it might be hard to explain this to the general public, right? Like, so they're not painting themselves in the corner. They really dropped the ball by just keeping the status quo. And like you just said, contradicting themselves, to to get them into this situation of, of Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson, Bama, it's like, guys, man, you had an opportunity to really shine here. Six team, a play in, eight teams, conference champions, whatever you want to do, the table was set for it. Didn't happen.
0: Plus, I mean, just just think about it. With all the other or with all the bowl games that got canceled, like if you could have a college football playoff quarterfinal at the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, I mean, come on, that's just that would be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, really, you know, what it came down to me is that, like, at least in past years, they had a, a coherent criteria in that particular year that they wanted. Right. So like, even though they change it from time to time, you could at least make the argument, okay, well, they're refining the way that they're setting the criteria, but it's at least consistent throughout the entire season. This year, it's all over the place. Like, they use the exact same information for an Iowa State team to rank them sixth and then use that exact same information for a Coastal Carolina team with less losses to rank them at, like, 18. Like, so the fact that they have is that they the rules change depending on who they were talking about in this room at the exact same time, and it was absolutely ridiculous. Don't even get me started with Ohio State, but the Big Ten changing their, like, I understand things like COVID protocols changing, you know, like the number of days. So, like, all of the the outroar right now that, like, the Big Ten changed their COVID, you know, time you have to sit out to 17 days instead of 21. The science has been changing all the time on how long you need to sit out for things like that, how long you need to quarantine. I'm perfectly fine with all of that. But when you change the rules that you set up at the beginning of the season to decide who qualifies for your conference championship game – and then the team that you want to be in the conference championship game that gives you the best chance of going to the college football playoff doesn't happen to qualify because of things outside of everyone's control. Well, tough luck. Those are the rules you set up at the beginning of the year. You don't change the rules in the middle of a, of a game, you know, just because the team that you want to win isn't winning. You don't change the rules in the middle of a season to determine who is going to be your you know championship teams just because the team that everybody assumes is going to make it happens to not make it because they can't play enough games. And that's been my biggest problem. is with the Big Ten in, in, itself and the college football playoff rewarding them for doing that by saying, okay, we're going to just shoot in Ohio State, even though they struggled mightily with, with Northwestern in that game that they really shouldn't have. And, you know, like, like Chris said, they have six data points as opposed to some of these teams that have 11 or 12.
3: I mean, look at, look at Notre Dame being in. I mean, they just got decisively beaten by the number two team in the country. And yep. so the answer is, let's have them play number one. See what happens.
0: <laughs> because that worked out so well last time they did that, right? It's, it's unbelievable. And only that, but like how is it that, like the weekend before
1: you lose? You're, I mean, that used to mean something. So let me, let me go through some of these checkpoints. Daniel, I love your point. I think it's one of the – a lot of people have said this, and I agree, but you're asking a lot of really old fuddy-duddies. Uh, and let's call, let's call it what it is. It's like old money. To change their ways, um, the the one difference between college football and the pro sports is the pro sports tend to have a more unified leadership, whereas college football is a whole lot of morons it's the it's the it's the inmates running the asylum is more the issue. so when you have that, there's not putting it nicely. A, a unified decision in that way because there's no unified leadership. Um, to the point of they they when they set this thing up from the get-go. And they said, and this is what, this has always been the problem, was the setup from the get-go and the language they used was to get the four best teams in the playoff. The Problem but saying that the four best teams is, the word best is purely subjective. And so once you put it in a committee, removed all sort of statistical data, having an actual verifiable impact on the deciding factor, then you put into the hands of a group of individuals who have biases because they are all connected to universities and conferences in one way or another to decide who the best teams were going to be. So, to Andy, to your point of, in past years, they've shown certain things that they're going to follow to decide who those are. No, they just had more games, things were more even, so they were able to disguise their BS to make sure they got the teams in that they decided, based off of eye test, were the four best teams to get in. Lost Andy, hopefully he comes back. All of that aside, and I understand the Big 12, and I understand the Power 5, the thing that bothers me the most, the actual true singular lie that they come out and say on an actual annual basis, the idea that the Power 5 can get it, the group of five has a shot. Barta said, yes, the group of five can get into the playoff. That's an absolute lie. Because here, let me me make sure I pull this, because I'm pulling these, this is what he from Shaehan's tweet. I said on. that from day one, though. Right, but hold on. Right? Because I continue to say it. Here's here's what it is. Barta, Gary Barter's statement, basically said that a group of five team can make the playoff. And one of the things he pointed to in his example of how that could happen is if they had BYU's original schedule for this season. Not the COVID schedule. The schedule before COVID wrecked it all. Let me read to you BYU's original schedule at Utah, Michigan State, at Arizona State, at Minnesota, Utah State, Missouri, Houston, at Northern Illinois, at Boise State, San Diego State, North Alabama, and at Stanford. The problem with that, there are six Power 5 teams on that schedule. Please explain to me, if that's the example, that we have to have Arizona State, uh, Michigan State, Stanford, and Missouri. How does a G5 team schedule, if they're in a group of five conference than independent five, six power five teams. This is the bullface lie of all of it. This is the thing about it all that drives me the craziest. And I know we're a big 12 podcast and I love the big 12 and I want the big 12 to succeed and go to the playoff every year. But if there is one bold face, blatant BS load of crap lie, it's that the G five can get in because they can't, there's no, it, they can't get in.
3: And I've said that from day one, because of this fact, when you're going to argue that the big 12 needs the 13th data point, when they already play, And not not only that, but they already also, also, they have to schedule the non, the non-conference power five opponent when they already play nine power five opponents during the regular season. So that gives them 10 power five opponents when you have to play a power five in the non-conference. If you're going to argue that, you cannot put a group of five team in that best case scenario in the best season play six power five opponents, most likely only two or three. It's never
0: going to happen. That's been immediately immediately clear from the very beginning. Well, and let's be honest, like a team like BYU can only get that many power five opponents that they have because every single conference's scheduling rules treats them like a power five opponent. So so when you say you have to have power mm-hmm. five non-conference opponents for a lot of these, you know, for like the SEC, for the Big 12. Like those are BYU counts because they are considered to be mm-hmm. one of the "quote unquote" powers, and yet they don't get any of the benefit of being one of the powers, other than they can put six or seven Power Five teams on their on their schedule.
3: Yeah, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, they're never going to get that benefit. UCF, they're never going to get that benefit. Houston, Cincinnati, never get that
1: benefit this year. Who has?
3: That's, that's, everything yeah, statistically that's says they the best with. teams. I, in I mean,
0: it's, yeah, no, it's just. Yeah, in fact, yeah, in, in fact, Parker, friend friend of the podcast, Parker Stats of War on Twitter, put out his graphic, you know, showing all of the EPA of all the teams. And there were four teams that clearly after you adjust for opponents seemed to be the best teams. That was Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. If you do, you know, the whole like circles to try to figure out like weighting offensive and defensive differences, Cincinnati was clearly one of the best four teams and they had absolutely no shot of making it.
3: No, I mean, like, like I said, as long as the you know they're arguing about the Big 12 needs to play a, a Power 5 non-con in addition to their nine-game round-robin schedule, they also need the 13th data point. If you're going to make the schedule that grueling and that much of a, wait for it, gauntlet, <laughs> then it's, you, you, you know, you can't, I'm, I'm sorry, and as much as I want them in, you just can't unless Ohio State for some reason only has two Power Five appointments on their schedule, and then they need to get in, and the committee will change their thoughts on it.
1: This is the problem with just because you got invited to a, the Big Boys Club, <clears throat> Vanderbilt, a long time ago, now you're treated like you're a Power Five team, right? Um, you may have Big Boy money because you were a, you were invited in, but you know how do I how do I put the the right comparison? Every every girl click has the one ugly girl, you know. Every every boys' club has that one kid that you all get to pick on, make you feel better. Every conference has that. Would you pick Vanderbilt, Rutgers, Kansas over Cincinnati? Like this, this, it, it's all, well, and it's not gonna change. Like none of it's I mean, gonna I change. I
3: think we proved that this season with Coastal Carolina and Arkansas State, the, and
1: <sighs> you know, I. Look, I love Iowa State. I'm very happy for them. This is great. Awesome. Jamie's about to get mad at me. Iowa State, ranked ahead of Car- Coastal Carolina, is kind of a problem.
0: Jamie is now staring and angry, and I'm afraid she might leave. I mean, once you account for the fact they now have three losses, I mean, yeah, I think that's completely fair. And even when they had two, it probably was like... It, it's not a fact I yes. think that Iowa State would like run too high. That's where Canada. and I know and I know you're not trying to it. Like dog no, that is on the Iowa problem. state. Thank I'm you. sick Absolutely. of everyone who yeah.
2: is trying to dog on Iowa State. I have a very no, small God, no. soapbox on this. So just bear with me. It's it's just ridiculous. Like every every Iowa State fan basically makes the point of so it's a good win for louisiana to beat us but it's a terrible loss to lose to louisiana in your first game of the season to go on and clearly improve you know what i just i just don't understand how iowa state can go from like the dog tied up to a pull out back that you kick for several years and now that they got off the chain and they could run around a little bit you just want to kick them again like that was just a really terrible analogy, but I, I just, I just, I am just sick of being kicked. Yes, no, matter, it was. no matter, no matter how, awesome. like, no, it was great. this it, isn't like the pinnacle. To, it's just, I just, I'm over
3: it. To Daniel's, to Daniel's point. No, no, you're absolutely right. Because to Daniel's point earlier, there's no, there's, there's nothing the committee is doing to account for. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma, two losses earlier this season. Iowa State, they lost to Louisiana. You know, these those were not the same teams we are seeing today. There is nothing out there accounting for that, saying that, like, Oklahoma, playing like they did in the first half, and, like, we've seen, uh, I forget which game it was, but they're one of the top four teams in the country. You cannot tell me they're not an elite team. They are nearly perfect in in every way. And, you know, I I hope we see that this bowl season because – but yeah they had the two losses early in the season i do i'm a big opponent i'm a big proponent of losses matter and you have to deserve it but they got there in the end and they won the big 12. right so i mean ohio state has been in ahead of penn state when penn state won the big 10 that year and i mean the committee makes zero sense on any of this so but but yeah like there has to be some like you want to line up louisiana and iowa state next week and see what happens
0: Hey hey guys um, this is not an original idea on my part. I've seen it several other places, but it's absolutely one hundred percent correct. You know what does account for all that kind of stuff BCS computer rankings mm-hmm. no, absolutely I, I
3: and I feel like I, I feel like I'm just being on one hand, I hate it. on the other hand, I feel like I'm validated because I was one of the few people that did not like transitioning to the system that I even though as an Oklahoma State fan, I was a fan of the BCS and I thought, that they got it right. And, and yes, you can have those discussions, you know, the Alabama versus Oklahoma state, 2011, I get it. And I get that Oklahoma state wasn't on the right side of that, but you know, that that, that's going to happen and, you know, get there again next year or, or or whatever, but I don't, this, this new system, it's absolutely terrible. And the only way to fix it at this point is to go to an 18 playoff. And and, But then again, you're,
0: that just makes it less of a problem because there's a chance for other teams to sneak into the bottom. And then you have to hope for chaos.
3: Well, well, it makes everything else outside of the playoff even
1: more irrelevant. Yeah, pretty much. Mm, except conference championship games, which right now, the Pac-12 played a conference championship game and they came back for the season and it didn't matter. Like, I would argue that right well, now, I, hold on, hold on. I would argue right now that many conference championships Games only matter if a certain team wins; otherwise, it doesn't. If Northwestern had beaten Ohio State, is Northwestern getting into the playoff? Does I mean, well, if it's an auto. Thing. Well, but that's what I mean. Like, right? I if you can Ohio say State that the regular auto auto. season matters less. I get the whole point of the regular season matters less, and what, what I think people misunderstood well, when they said it the, the first Bulls. time, the Bulls. was that it wouldn't impact the postseason. What that meant was that. Now the conversation is, unless you're in the playoff, we don't give a crap about you. Or unless you impact the playoff, we don't give a crap about you. Indiana had an amazing season. No one cares. They're not in a New Year's Six Bowl. They should be. It's ridiculous. But here we are. And I, so I, I get the idea of the regular season has been diminished because of the playoff. But that's because the way it's set up now, all the talk is about the playoff. No one cares. if you don't, It's the old Ricky Bobby, the Mike Gundy. Uh, you're either first or you're last. You're either in the playoff or you're garbage is pretty much the conversation as or the way it's treated now, which is the problem. Now, I don't know if expanding to eight helps that. It might not. It might just make the bowl season even... I love bowl season. I don't, I'm not dogging on bowl season. But at least the, the point of that is you can say it makes the regular season not matter as much, but now getting to the conference championship game means that much more. It's kind of like... I hate... I don't love the fact that in the NCAA, with basketball for March Madness, the tournament winner goes over the regular season champ, which would make more sense to me because that that should that, that's where the regular season actually doesn't matter if you want to be honest in college basketball, which no one ever talks about. But the idea of playing your regular season, even if you lose some games early, if you do turn it on toward the end of the season and get to your conference championship game and win your conference and then you get into the playoff, now you're going to see teams. I do think you would see teams who turn things on at the right time go on a run, even into the playoff, but because those things don't matter, it's just a part of the data, it just keeps the same cycle of repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. So speaking of the uh, group of five, did you know that SMU and Memphis and Hawaii and Marshall and Utah State and Iowa, just kidding, and uh, UCF, That was for Jamie. And um, Western Kentucky are all G5 schools. You all know that. Tulane. Not only are they G5 schools and schools that have no shot at the college football playoff, they're also schools available on home field apparel. Another fantastic sponsor for us this college football season that we have loved to have Connor and the gang over there do an amazing job of not only putting these well-researched, creative, and awesome designs. Together, they put them on the most comfortable t-shirt, sweaters, and hoodies you can find. Like seriously, if you haven't tried one of their sweaters or hoodies, you're missing out. And yes, they have joggers. And no, they don't have sad husky joggers. No sad dog jog. <laughs> jog. Is it sad dog jog. Is that what it is that's, now?
2: That's that's Just my Gosh, I want those so bad.
1: So for those who don't <laughs> follow Homefield on Twitter. You are missing out. Never has a brand had such a personality and a following as Homefield does. It's It's the closest thing to AI on Twitter we have that's actually interesting. Besides those ones where they would like have AI write scripts for things for like Hallmark. That like
2: once it was real and then everyone fakes those. I still thought they were funny.
0: AI stands for for always (laughs) Indiana, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you to tell Connor that so he can steal that joke. Uh, Homefield Apparel... They have been a sponsor. We have loved having them. They have Iowa State and Baylor for the Big 12 fans. Uh, go to Homefield Apparel before the end of the year. Make your first purchase there. Use the promo code 1012. Get 20% off. Okay. I, I know some people have, have, have heard about it because of us. I'm super excited about that. This is one of those things where they came on as a sponsor because I, I kind of asked them. Mostly because... I just love what they do so much. I wanted to sh- I, I became a, a, a cult follower and wanted to share the good word of homefield and I have loved having the opportunity to do so uh, this college football season. So if you haven't gone to homefield yet, homefieldapparel.com, promo code 1012, 20 percent off your first order. go give them a follow on Twitter. You will not regret it. You will be introduced
0: into just this collection of, of fun uh, college college sports fans.
1: And, uh, and keep another thing
0: off. to keep in mind it is still possible to give Christmas you know, from Home Field and do yeah. what I'm planning on doing because I don't know if my order that's supposed to be for my wife is gonna come in time. So you can just take a nice big picture of what it is you got for them and put that in the box and let them know that it is coming and it is going to be absolutely <laughs> you fantastic. Kind of I to do for Secret
2: Santa.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute.
0: So apparel.com, promo code
1: 1012, 20% off your first order. You're rocking some awesome, vintage, super comfortable college sports apparel this basketball season and in 2021 all right so the bowl games are set yeah we're moving to bowl games um bowl games are set for the big 12 kansas state officially opted out texas tech i heard weird rumors of it it was never official they're not going to a bowl game Um, six big 12 teams are oklahoma state texas oklahoma west virginia tcu and iowa state Before we make picks with Daniel and Chris, because we're going to, because these are our last picks for the year and the lines are already out. Huzzah. Thank you, Vegas. Which I need to ask Daniel, like how, how quick, like they got these out there very quickly. Like, do they know ahead of time to be able to do that? Or do they just see it and go this number? Yeah. How does that, how do they get the lines out so quick?
4: They have um, in-house computer programs that tell them the line instantly, you know, once it's determined, Okay, you know, uh, Oregon, Oregon's playing Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl. They've got their number right away. Uh, and what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, you, you have between we'll, – we'll just call it Vegas, right, between legal betting and then, you know, offshore books, which I guess now it's all legal. Um, you know, you've got 100 or 200 sports books. Everyone's pulling their lines from, like, five books. So everyone's sitting around all day waiting – Uh, you know, for the Pinnacles or the William Hills. uh, Circa originates their lines, obviously. Uh, You know, there's not a lot of people that are putting these out. So uh, I'm being long-winded about it, but it's pretty instant. And then once they hit the line, every book in the world's copying them. And that's how we get our lines to bet on. That is interesting.
1: I did not know that. There you go. It's all all fun today. Okay, so let's all, and Daniel, I know you don't pay super close attention but i'm gonna ask that you offer your insight here anyways uh everybody i'm curious for each one and yes jamie you can pick your team it's fine daniel yours isn't an option so it's it's whatever uh which bowl game is each of us most interested in watching which one uh tickles our fancy the most uh jamie
2: yeah i mean look I'm going to be really honest here, and this is going to become increasingly apparent as we come back to shows after the new year. I really only care about Iowa State football. Like, there's a lot of people who are going to sit there and watch all those football games and have a blast, and I've been watching them, you know, to keep myself educated as a Big 12 fan. But guess what? This is it. Season's over. I may not watch another bowl game besides Iowa State's. Well, I'll probably watch Iowa's, but that's against my will because of the person I live with. I'm engaged to a Hawkeye. So uh, besides that, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, the Fiesta Bowl. I will make tacos and also nachos, both of them, and drink margaritas, and I'll watch the Fiesta Bowl, and then I will switch over fully into basketball mode because it's like real close to already flipping the switch already.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Chris, what are you? Which uh, which one are you looking at? Inside the Big Twelve or outside? Inside the Big. This is a this okay. Is well, you could Why be forgiven that?
2: for forgetting the Big Twelve podcast okay. given the last half hour.
1: Okay, so I, I'll
3: say this: I'm not super crazy about any of these matchups this year. Um, you know, as a just a personal fan, Oklahoma State, Miami, but you know a little spoiler alert i don't have high hopes for the cowboys so that might not be as fun as i'd like it to be uh texas colorado because you know former big 12 member little matchup there uh that's fun and then uh tcu arkansas um you know the old uh southwest conference foes so right no no what yeah 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 yeah. i I forget about tcu their journey through the college football landscape
2: (laughs)
1: Journey through the college. <laughs> oh, that's good. The pilgrimage. Uh, Chris, what are you thinking? I just went. Oh, Daniel. God, yeah, I know.
4: Hey, strong <laughs> coffee you got. Um, if, <laughs> I'm actually gonna uh, sort of to echo here. Oregon versus Iowa State is, I think, one of the, in my opinion, is actually the best matchup if we're talking Big Twelve teams. Just as far as intrigue, uh, we have Oregon. Who I guess they won the game, so they're you know they're they're the de facto Pac-12 champion, right? I mean, Washington won the Pac-12 North, USC won the Mm Pac-12 South, and then we have Oregon as the Pac-12 champion. So (laughs) they find themselves, (laughs) um, yeah, Pac-12. I mean, they they find themselves playing. uh, You know, I'll say I'm going to say you know sort of a scrappy underdog team at Iowa State. Uh, We talked about on the last pod it was their first conference championship game in in any capacity for over 50 years. Um, And then tonight, you know, we talked about was the moment a little too big for them. Uh, I'm curious how the staff is going to prepare them for this game. Uh, I think being able to prep for the conference championship was probably a a good step. And I think this is sort of another bright light situation and we're going to see how this staff sort of brings the team together. Uh, Cristobal's been there with Oregon before uh, working on the staff before he was the head coach so uh, he still has Oregon playing well I think this is going to be two teams that actually come in prepared for this game which is something I don't think we're going to see a lot of this bowl season we're going to have both teams (laughs) engaged, caring, prepared and ready to play so it's an exciting
0: matchup Andy? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm well-known for trying to cheat in these segments, so um, I was trying to think of creative ways to do it, like, you know, maybe team that should have been invited to the Big 12 in Cincinnati against Georgia um, or something like that. Um, but I'm just going to go with some good old hate-watching as, you know, the Iowa State Hawkeyes take on the Missouri Tigers. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wrong bit there. Um, no, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm going to get serious here. The only one, while I do agree that Iowa State and, and Oregon is going to be an intriguing matchup and I'll probably watch it. I am so looking forward to West Virginia absolutely destroying Tennessee for all the schadenfreude that is going to be going along with that. Um, So that's the one I'm definitely going to tune into because I am so looking forward to that one.
3: Hold up. Tennessee's won three games this season. Give them some credit. (laughs) But, no, to your point, Andy, I mean, if we're going, like, I kind of wanted to go a little Coastal Carolina, except for I can't lie, I'm not looking forward to that bowl game because they get to play – what the heck? Like they're playing down. They they go through this unbelievable season. They play B, BYU as a better opponent. Like this is it's absolute trash. Even for uh,
0: I'm done with the season. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, Chris, how I missed you know our big our new Big Twelve overlords in, in Coastal Carolina. Look, no one has as big
1: a complaint as Army, who was nine and two this season, was supposed oh, to go gosh. to the Independence yeah. Bowl, and that bowl got canceled, and no other bowl would take. Uh, Army, to come into their bowl but game. Two Meanwhile, two in South Carolina, who fired their head coach, is going to a bowl game. Uh, I believe it's the oh Armed gosh. Forces Bowl, which is like one of the last bowl games announced, is Tulsa and three-win Mississippi State. The Armed Forces Bowl. The Armed Forces you Bowl. Know, we've seen... In and Fort Worth, the, couldn't right. take Tulsa Army. I would watch Tulsa Army all day, and twice
0: on Tuesday. I will look, look, only mildly watch be... Tulsa-Mississippi State because I actually like Tulsa. I'm, I'm going to put it this way. That Tulsa Army game, if it had happened, would have been like the best birthday gift that you could have given me. Because Ugh. that is my birthday, and I would Ugh. have so enjoyed watching that.
1: That would have been a great game. Now, I'd say we get Tulsa-Mississippi State, and I hope Tulsa just curb stomps them. I'm from Tulsa. I can help it Tulsa. Okay. Um, so... I am I am torn. I love bowl season. Like I'm, I will watch every bowl. I will I I love bowl games. I love them. They're they're ridiculous. They are nonsensical. They're really silly. They don't make any sense. And I love bowl games. Um, of course, I'll watch OSU Miami. I I think Iowa State Oregon will be really good for the Big Twelve. Who has not been the best at bowl games? Can I derail I you. Really want, I want to derail
3: you? I want to derail you because a thought just popped in my head Okay. and this is really going <laughs> to, this is really going to derail. You might just edit this out. Uh, <laughs> so here's a thought. I was thinking about, you know, how the bowl season has kind of lost its luster a little bit. And you were, you were talking are. about how you're going to watch all the games and I, am de- I will probably watch all the games But Jamie, you know, said that she's probably not interested. And, and I think that like, does this is part of the bowl season's problem. Yes, people are home for for winter break, for Christmas break. And, you know, it used to be just – you'd sit down and watch all the bowl games. You had all these days of them. But now you can just stream whatever you want.
1: I mean, that is a tangent from left field. I mean, sure. (laughs) Uh, I think that bowl games – bowl games are more about fans getting to go than they are about TV. Like, I don't think most bowl games have ever gotten good TV ratings. Uh, And in a year where the fans aren't going to get to go, the fact that ESPN and the Bulls decided to put in some of the god-awful, horrible matchups and allow two in Mississippi, Tennis, South Carolina, whatever, shitty SEC teams in over giving us interesting matchups that would have been must-watch TV. Like, BYU Central Florida. All right, I, I can do that. But agreed, Coastal and Liberty is hot garbage. Like, hot, smelly. even for liberty they get to play postal
3: they get to play the game that was canceled for liberty you know that might be exciting but it's the same bowl they went to last year this
1: is just the worst bowl season i think i think more power fives avoid certain bowls than you think anyways i love bowl season it's weird bowl season college football is weird anyways but bowl season is just weird and i get people who don't care if it's not their team that's fine It doesn't matter. Like, bowls don't really matter. They don't mean anything except for bragging rights and and an optimistic feeling heading into the next season that you don't have if you lose a bowl game. Do streaming and things hurt bowls? Probably.
0: But you can also stream those things anytime. The bowl game happens live and once, so... Well, talking about streaming, though, and how that hurts bowls, I think it actually hurts more that you can pretty much stream every single team that could ever appear in a bowl game at some point during the season. Mm-hmm. Part of the novelty of bowls used to be that you would get to see a bunch of teams that you would never, ever get to see because you're either not in their area or nobody really cares about the games that they're playing. And so you see them in completely unique situations against opponents that they're never, ever going to play. Now we have so many like ones that are rematches of games that happened earlier in the season or you've seen them on a random Tuesday night because they happen to be playing somebody and it's not, there's not any novelty of it anymore.
3: So no, agreed. And uh, I kind of love that this episode is going to take Philip like 40 hours to edit. Oh, I'm
2: not, I'm not, I'm not, he's just letting it ride.
0: This is like stream of consciousness. Things ride
1: so much more on the show than they used to. It's just make sure the sound, make
0: sure the sound doesn't
1: sound like garbage and uh and we're good to go um i'm actually gonna take oklahoma florida because you would like your conference champ to uh to beat the best opponent that that the big 12 is going to face and in this case it's oklahoma and florida and no shot at oregon as we mentioned the back 12 is just (laughs) oh it's the most amazing thing you have two division winners and neither of them won the conference
0: the Pac-12 Ooh. is the personification of 2020 in a football God, You it's know, so why good. is why is it's the Pac-12 years. let off the
3: hook so easily for this? I mean, if the Big 12 was as bad as the Pac-12 was or making as little money as the as the Pac-12 was, like, people would be holding funerals for it. ESPN
1: would oh, no, 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 no. barely acknowledge its existence. Hold on, but that's just it. You, you misunderstand. There's a difference between people talk about you and you've become so irrelevant, people don't even care what you're doing anymore. It is worse to be is worse to be forgotten than to be remembered for something bad. That's true.
4: Yeah, Pac-12 has they've they've slipped enough to where it's almost expected, right? That yeah, I, I would say the the Big 12's profile nationally is way stronger, better, you know, than the Pac-12. So you know, the Pac-12 goes and makes a mistake like this, it's like, oh yeah, that's There you go. That's the Pac twelve, you know, doing what they do. Whereas big Big Twelves more respected, uh better represented, I think, nationally, just with with teams and polling. And so that's why they wouldn't get the same pass. Yeah, no, it's
1: the uh, the Big Twelve is essentially held to a a higher standard
4: than the Pac twelve is.
1: Like I think that's let's just put it this way the Pac twelve is the cousin Eddie of the uh power five. So let's just, you yeah. know, shitter's
3: full. But to your point, Philip on that game, that is absolutely the most important game for the Big 12 and for Oklahoma, just yes. because I think part of the reason they're on the outside looking in is because every time they get there, they're ushered right out the door pretty quickly. You know, it's, see,
1: ya, like, they're, they're not Kansas really State performing. Loss. Yeah, the well, Kansas State lost bit them. Had, had they not I, lost I that, I, that's the biggest problem. Um, but, but they have to come look, out and make a statement here florida's still getting too much respect frankly like they, lost, they dropped one spot after losing to a bad lsu team i don't they didn't move after losing in the sec championship game like go go beat florida like put it put a stop to this like please florida has no defense so let's just oh you needs to go and win that game honestly it it will it will do the big 12 some favors um, so obviously we have daniel here and chris so we're going to make our picks um Interesting note, I believe if I recall correctly, and somebody please tell me if this was last year or the year before if I'm wrong here, I'm pretty sure entering bowl season last year, the Big 12 was a dog in like all but one bowl game, and I don't recall the Big 12 doing very good. I probably should have researched what the Big 12 did as a record of bowl season last year, but I wasn't going to do that because the kids went down late. Um, This year, however, every single Big 12 team is favored in the bowl game. I don't know if – that doesn't mean they're going to yeah. go 6-0. and oh. That would be amazing. But they are a favorite in every It's game. a lot to do. I don't know the last time that happened.
0: I'm, I'm seeing Florida favored yeah. by three over Oklahoma. So, what? No. It was
1: like a,
3: like a two-score game. Oklahoma's favored by a, 2 Yeah,
1: I don't know. Favorite. Where? No, I'm oh, looking three at OU's. A, oh, I
0: was thinking Texas. I was thinking Texas. Never mind. Edit that. I'm just looking on the, on the schedule on, on ESPN and it says that oh, Florida's State. No, game right we're there. looking at Vegas. Forget ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vegas, Okay, ESPN okay. Right. Well, so, they pulled their numbers from somewhere.
1: I, they <laughs> should, but they also have had have cut so much staff that you can't begin to count up the number of grammatical, technical, <laughs> graphical errors so, that ESPN puts out. And Joey Galloway. Big, Big Twelve um, was
4: two and four against the spread last year. Just so, just so that everyone's aware, uh, Texas covered uh, and man, uh, uh, Oklahoma State covered. go To the dog and and favorite
3: thing, it's all about making the playoff. If you make the playoff, everybody gets kind of bumped up, and they might be in a game they're kind of outmatched in on paper, and so they're going to be kind of a dog. And this time, they're bumped down, everybody's going to be favored. It's good for the conference. The conference should have a a good uh, showing in the bowl
1: season. And hey, we all know that bowls don't matter except for when we have weird opinions about why a team's gonna be good next year where we overvalue how they performed in a bowl game. So let's all go win our bowl game and then the Big Twelve can be projected to have five playoffs. It,
0: it's also um Chris, know, another it, it's also helpful when two of your matchups are against uh, three and seven SEC. Oh absolutely. <laughs> but it, it's also the the uh, the New York Six, like the tie
3: ins, which ones get which one the are the semifinal games yeah. because the Big Twelve has the the tie in the sugar bowl so if it's a if it's a playoff game and the big 12 in the playoff then there isn't another six uh new Year's six opponent for the big 12 um it but then if the the big 12 was in the playoff and then they also get the sugar bowl bid then that would really bump everybody up which i which happened one year Um i, don't, I can't remember if that was last year but so yeah there's, there's nothing goes into it but it's all about the the tie-ins and and how you know if everybody's getting bumped up or down
1: So, uh to recap, last week we had two games each, kind of. Um Chris and Daniel both hit at uh, five Oklahoma minus five. I had Iowa State plus six, so that was a just a push for me. Whoop dee. Uh I missed on Marshall minus five and a half. What the happened there? I don't know. So I went oh one and one, which is ties are weird. Uh Daniel missed on the under Ohio uh, or OSU Oregon State Arizona State and uh, the Coastal Carolina Louisiana uh, Sun Belt Championship game got called off so Chris went one and zero so at the standings at this point Chris is thirty three and thirty two Daniel is thirty two thirty one and two and I'm twenty eight thirty six and two so I'm out of it unless something crazy happens um, so we're gonna pick all six bowl games and Andy Jamie feel free if you were like no and would like to jump in and chime in, please feel free to do so. You're welcome to do so. Um, Oh, I will. Don't worry. I know. And Jamie, you don't go silent. Um, Chris, since you were our de facto winner last week because you didn't have a loss, I'm going to let you go first here. We are going to go in chronological order, as we always do, which means we're opening with Oklahoma State and Miami in the cheese. it Bowl, the new cheese it Bowl. This is like New Coke version of the cheese it Bowl. It's like, yeah, it's not. It's not the real cheese it Bowl. Like, it should be in the desert, not in Orlando, but whatever. Oklahoma State, according to my numbers, open as a four-point favorite. This one is all over the place. Again, we're doing this on Sunday night, and literally the lines just came out. Um, open as a four. I see one and a half, and I see three and a half. Uh, Over-under, open at 60 and a half. It's about 59 and a half, 60 and a half, whatever you like. And, but, Chris, I know you don't like over-unders anyway, so you don't care. Uh, so, Chris, what would you like to do here? So
3: I'm going to preference this by saying that uh, we are doing this very early. The games, the matchups were just announced a few hours ago. The lines have just come out. We don't know about players opting out, that kind of thing. I'm going to preference this. Philip, you know, you can keep, I see you mocking me, and, you know, the listeners don't see it, but we're on video here. We can see each other. So it doesn't, I'm going to preference it. But um, I said earlier that I'm not taking them to say it anymore. I think they're an overrated 7 and three team or whatever it is. And I, I just, I mean, Miami is just, I'm going to take that three and a half. I think it's a gift. Uh, I think Miami wins this game. So yeah. And, and, and to be, to be fair, I don't have a lot going in on the big 12 opponents. This is going to be very big 12 sided. My picks are going to be, uh, but Miami, they're four, they're, they're five, four, and one against the spread three and two, against the spread on the road slightly better than Oklahoma state is doing, which is all I need. So Amy,
4: plus three and
1: a half. Fair enough. All right. Daniel, what do you want?
4: Man, this is like the two college coaches that I just feel like always have teams that are loaded, always start the season with some expectations, and both of them just drop the ball. It's like they're the same version of each other. And now they get to meet in whatever pointless existential void – bowl game right that we're gonna sit back and watch so existential
1: existential bowl uh, avoid bowl right i mean it's just it's just gonna please
4: somebody it's like besides besides alumni parents and gamblers it's like no one cares about this game at all in any way whatsoever
0: so look if, if if gridiron heights did college football that would be the name of the bowl game. Existential. Boy
4: bowl. <laughs> hey, you can all take that one. Okay. That'll be our, one of our first games of our bowl series. Hey, Mike Gundy has covered the spread for the past four years in a row for bowl games. That tells me that there's something going on in the program where he cares. He's covered him as a six point favorite against Virginia tech a few years ago, uh, covered last year. I think they lost. They lost by three to Texas A&M, but the spread was five, competitive game. They kept it close against Missouri two years before that. Uh, He's done well. Now, he has to go and motivate this team where, you know, his number one running back's off the NFL. He's lost, I believe, his top lineman. I feel like Mm -hmm. this is the kind of team that anyone who has a prospect in any way whatsoever for a first or second round pick is not going to play in this game. Miami's in the same boat long version of saying I'm rolling with Gundy here for uh past four years for Bulls, nine and five record against the spread as as his career uh, give it to me I think Manny Diaz is a worse version of Mike Gundy you can list all that off you're Ooh. just going to pick against Ooh. me <laughs> <laughs> no that's not true that's, I mean I'm, I'm riding with Gundy here
1: so to Daniel's point yeah. You know, Mike Gundy is the one who, there was the rumor that part of his complaint at one point with Mike Holder when they had built the new practice facility was wanting the bowl banners hung up and Mike Holder didn't want to pay for it and Mike Gundy wanted the bowl banners because they mattered to Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy, this is 15 straight years of going to a bowl game. Fun fact, Mike Gundy is now one bowl game away from taking to Oklahoma State to as many bowls as the program went to before he took over. Like, it's entire program existence. They did it to 16, and he's gone to 15 as the head coach. So, I think Mike Gundy cares about bowl games. Their record in bowl games under Mike Gundy is 9-5. and five. As you mentioned, they're 3-1 and one in the last four. They they had a shot against A&M last year, but that Oklahoma State team was beat up, playing with a quarterback, that you know, whatever. Um, the points, though, Chuba, Chuba is done. Tevin Jenkins is done. Starting quarterback Darius Williams, who was a big part of what made the defense do its thing, is done. I would expect Tylen Wallace probably doesn't play in this game. So they're going to be undermanned from the Oklahoma State team that was good when it was good but I kind of wonder about Miami. Miami's playing closer to home. This is going to be in Orlando. How much do they care? Although last year Miami lost I think 14 to nothing to Louisiana Tech if I recall correctly mm-hmm. which was a little bit embarrassing. Um If this was a regular season game, I would take Miami. Based off of both teams, based off the the way Oklahoma State's going, I think Gundy cares about bowl games. I think he gets his teams to care about bowl games. I think Oklahoma State is one of the few is one of the programs that does care about going to bowl games and winning bowl games. I think because of Mike Gundy, I think at one and a half, I'm gonna agree with Daniel. Like I said, if this was a regular season game at this point, I'd probably take Miami. But in a bowl game, because bowl games are so weird, I will go with OSU. I think Miami's the better team. I think is going to care more. So I think is going to win this one. So moving down. chronological If I was going to pick As this we're... one, well, actually, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I'm going to
0: give you guys a pick here real quick because you guys have so much fun and I want to join in. I think they're going to treat this like an exhibition game. Um, Oklahoma State is missing, like you were talking about, significant pieces on defense. And Miami's defense has been real spotty this year. They give up a ton of yards. They give up, more points than they really should. And both of these teams have actually shown the propensity to be able to score. I'm going to take the over here. Um, what's, what's the best I can get on that, Philip?
1: Uh, I believe it is 59 and a half is the best I can get Okay. For- that's, yeah.
0: that's what I was seeing. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. I mean, these teams, you know, together they're averaging almost 65 points a game. Like, like if, if you take both of their points and add them together, um, I just, I don't know. I, I see a lot of offense in this one. I see some defenses that are beat up. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. It's going to be a lot of fun if you like to see offense.
1: Mike Gundy does like to open up the playbook. I always go back to the defensive lineman, James Castleman, giant run in the Cactus Bowl against Washington. He, he loves might, to uh, go wild when it doesn't matter. He does. He When the game is not does not on the line, <laughs> he – yeah, Gundy, Gundy, yeah. Uh, Jamie, thoughts?
2: Like you guys
0: covered it, I'm not educated. <laughs> Jamie's like, eh. I've made my thoughts like,
2: on so, whole games so, known.
0: Jamie's like, so when
1: is this secret single thing going? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on down the line. Texas facing Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, yes, Colorado, Colorado, who lost its head coach so late it went and hired Carl Durell, which I, Colorado, who if you had told anyone before the season to name who would finish with a winning record in the pac 12 it would take a while before you got to Colorado that Colorado uh Texas who is keeping Tom Herman that's it that's happening he will be there at the bowl game uh, with his staff as the head coach they open as an 11 point favorite over Colorado that line has jumped up to 12 and a half or 13 over under open at 64 and a half it's pretty much hung there uh Daniel which way do you want to go here
4: no brainer don't even got to think about it Tom Herman 4 and0 against the spread in bowl games. He prepares his teams of uh, maybe a listener knows. Has he been a dog in all four and won them all straight up? I, yeah, I believe he has. He showed up as an underdog all four of his opportunities in bowl games and won all four straight up. That tells me he keeps these guys engaged. He keeps them ready to show up, ready to play. Uh, Pac-12, historically poor in bowl games. Uh, and I think Colorado's a touch of a fraud team this year. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think Pac-12 had a lot of that with them playing each other, some inflated records, but you're going to see Colorado overall four and one, uh, you know, I'm not buying it squeaked by UCLA squeaked by Stanford played Arizona who might be the worst football team in the country. You know, they didn't blow out San Diego state got throttled by Utah. Give me the points or excuse me texas is going to cover those points i'll eat the chalk 13 11 what have we got
1: 12 and a half 12 and a half is what give it uh, to me yeah 12 and a half
4: texas Uh, let's go yeah i i agree
1: like i understand we all made fun of the pac 12 because they didn't put the two teams with the best records against each other with washington out in colorado who was four and one um they beat ucla who went three and four they beat Arizona, who went 0-5 and fired their coach. They beat San Diego State because they got an on-con end because they had things open up. They beat Stanford, who was 4-2. Props to, you know, they, they beat Stanford. Yeah, they got they got beat by Utah, who was 3-2. and two. Uh, Colorado's weird. Coach came in late. Very nice. I would also like to note the last time that Colorado went to a bowl game was the Alamo Bowl. It was in this game. That's the year they finished runner up in the Pac-12, which was such a weird theme because otherwise they were hot and garbage uh, and got curb stomped by Oklahoma State that season. I agree here. Uh, maybe because they're not going to be a dog, like maybe that's it. Maybe Texas goes into a game as a dog. It's a very Tom Herman thing for Tom Herman to be the head coach of a Texas, of a program who's a dog and go in and play like it. Maybe as a favorite over a team that he should beat soundly. This is a bad bet because it would be very Tom Herman for them to win by like a touchdown because Tom Herman plays up and uh, plays up and down to the competition. But I wonder if Tom Herman, who's just saved his job wants to go out and look impressive in a game that doesn't matter just to try and make it look like Tom Herman cares. So I will agree and take Texas to win and cover the 12 and a half. Chris.
3: Yeah, Daniel, to your point. I mean, Tom Herman is a phenomenal coach as an underdog. It's when he's, The favorite that things kind of tend to fall apart. But I mean, as you guys said, Herman has to make a statement here. You know, he got the vote of confidence for next seasons So,
0: I mean, he he, he, he needs to. (laughs) Yeah. He, he, no, no, no. no. I think that's a statement of fact. Yes. Statement (laughs) of
1: fact.
3: He he is our coach. I mean, Texas, they also have the Minister of Culture. So they got that going (laughs) for him. Um, on the Longhorn Network today, which the Oklahoma State basketball game is on Longhorn Network. It's the first time I've watched it this season, and they have a commercial where Baby wants Bevo tonight or something. Like, that's flipping weird. Uh, but they have Bevo, so that's – okay, I'm getting off the rails here. Uh, but no, Texas is going to win this game handily. Are, are we sure, before we start picking this game, that the Pac-12 can afford travel
1: <laughs> to these uh, Bulls? Like, is that – are they going to be able to make the game?
0: um yeah oh, no no game. our I mean, last our last
1: bet's just going to be over under how many of these games actually get played but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. oh gosh so uh yeah texas, uh, and
3: i'll lay the points
1: all right uh andy since you you have been joining us so far you gotta you gotta pick here
0: look I, i'm all for chaos and i also believe wholeheartedly that texas plays down to their competition way too often and it bites them especially in places where they have absolutely no business um I'm I I would be absolutely horrible if I tried to be, you know, a better for my professional life because I would want to go Colorado here and I think that's what I'm actually gonna do. I will take Colorado. Uh, give me the thirteen points. I just I don't know. Something about this Texas team, they they jump back and forth between being really good and being not so good and playing down to the competition. Um, and you know, this, this season has been weird enough that I think there's going to be one of these bowl games that's going to come out of nowhere and just kick everybody in the face. And I just have a feeling it's going to be this one. Plus Texas didn't get a chance to lose to Kansas this year. So they, they don't have the super embarrassing loss yet. So this, this is going to have to take place and, you know, take its place until next year when Kansas can hmm. be really weird to do that. So, all
1: right.
0: Uh, Oklahoma and Florida in
1: the... It's not the sugar. Is it the sugar?
0: Cotton Bowl. Cotton Um, Bowl?
1: Thank you. I can't remember which one it was. I know that I remember all the bowls because that one. Because it's supposed to be the sugar bowl. It's supposed to be the PAC, the Big 12 SEC non playoff top teams. That one's not available. So, cotton this year. Very nice. Uh, Oklahoma opens a three point favorite pretty much two and a half or three. Over under open at 67.5. You can get it at 68.5 or 69. Oh, I'm tempted for that over because Florida has no defense. And I do think Oklahoma's defense is pretty good. Oh, I'm tempted for that Because here's my thought: um, Oklahoma is going to have a brilliant game script come out offensively and defensively early in this game. Kyle Pitts will not be there for Florida. Their tight end, their do all. Holy cow, that kid is amazing and should probably finish second in the Heisman race to Devontae Smith. But we all know it go to quarterback because pff, Heisman. Um, but I also Dang, think you Oklahoma showed get... like that.
3: Not even mentioning.
1: I mean. I like Brees Hall. Have you watched Devontae Smith? Quarterback. Like, I, know, I, I, need to say? I know. You, you mentioned Heisman. You have to mention Brees Devontae Hall. Smith Just... would make Kansas' quarterbacks look good. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Sorry, Andy. Oklahoma, no, no, I think, comes out in this game, puts up points. I think they're going to do a decent job putting up points on Florida. But I also think Florida's going to do a decent job. They may not start out great because I think Lincoln and Raleigh have a good game plan. But I think Oklahoma might do what it's done a few times this season. Start out strong, struggle in the second half, struggle in the back half of games, struggle in the middle, struggle in the third quarter. So that said, Florida knows how to score points. They just can't stop anybody. Oklahoma knows how to score points. They do stop people. I think Oklahoma wins this game, but I'm actually going to take the over because I think this is one of those games where lots of points are scored. So I'm going to take the over the 68 and a half because that's the lowest I can get it. and Because I think this one hit 70 easily i do uh chris what do you want here yeah we're in agreement
3: on a lot um when we talked about this game a little bit earlier i think oklahoma needs to make a statement they need to come out um and, and unlike the the championship game the big 12 championship game you know they're not gonna have the massive lead at halftime where they kind of let off in the second half i think they keep it going so i do think oklahoma is going to score a lot of points and uh you know, if they had the opportunity to bury Florida, they will. I'm surprised the line is only two and a half. Um, I would think that would be a little bit bigger. And Oklahoma, the three and one gets spread on the road. I mean, this is just the Cotton Bowl. So, uh, I like the sinners here. I, I think the sinners are, are an elite team, though. And Florida's a really good team. That's the difference.
1: Well, according to the playoff rankings, they're just like one spot different. So, this is a pretty easy game.
3: You know,
4: I mean,
1: well, like, then <laughs> all means, you know, sarcasm. Uh, I know, uh, Daniel. What do you want here, bud?
4: I hate to echo your guys' pick. Mine's for a little bit of different reasons. I see. Uh, I'm sort of speculating here. Uh, Florida's, in my opinion, their top weapons: Kyle Pitts, tight end. He played last night uh, in the banana game. When he's in that offense. It's a totally different machine for Florida. Uh, they can score on anyone. They can run with anyone. When Kyle Pitts is out, they have a little bit more of a struggle. Uh, you know, against bad teams, they're fine to keep putting up points with Trask at QB. But uh, when Pitts is out, they they struggle against defenses that know what they're doing. And I think Florida is going to find themselves in that position because I I assume Kyle Pitts isn't going to play another down of football. He's going on to the NFL. He's going to be
1: no he's he's already announced he's
4: he's, uh, going. he's oh, going oh i guess i but i mean he's not going to play in the bowl game is my point like uh, no
1: no he's not he's going to the nfl he's opted out for the yeah he's oh he's not well there it way. is he's there's no, no
4: speculating yeah. i think i think this oklahoma defense was underrated this year and i think they're going to be able to keep florida in check and i'm not sure florida can do that uh with oklahoma on offense so i don't foresee Oklahoma. In, in, go ahead
3: on the flip side, I think Oklahoma is going to have most of their weapons in this game. Yep. I don't think, uh, you know, outside of maybe a receiver or two, I, I think they should have everybody.
4: Yep. So I can get three points right now. Uh, I love it. And I could see this being a little bit closer to a pick come kickoff. Uh, and also to follow up on that, uh, those caveats that Chris has thrown out there, one or two of these games are going to pick is going to move like seven to ten points when it's announced that half the team isn't traveling, half the coaches can't go, uh, you know, they had to add guys from the soccer team to field enough players to make the bowl game happen. So just know that one of these games is going off way different than we're picking. Oh, yeah.
1: Bowls are weird. There's there's always bowl games. You're like, wait, who we who? Because, you know, our team didn't care. So we didn't really play all that well. I I think that excuse gets massively overused way too much. Like I do think there's some teams that don't care, but I also
0: think it's an excuse that they say afterwards. Uh, I seems, seems kind of uh, weird that it's always the SEC team that's saying that. But. I
1: know, right? It's amazing. It's just so short. I think
0: one of their 12 teams this year would have an okay performance.
1: <laughs>
0: Mississippi State. No kidding.
1: Uh Andy, since you've been joining us through these, what would uh what are you thinking? Uh
0: yeah, I'm going to agree with Philip, but uh honestly because I think there's a very good chance Oklahoma could score that much all by themselves. So, um like they are just going to shred the I think they're going to have two or three defensive scores, potentially. I think they're going to score at will in the first half. I would not be shocked to see like a 37-7 halftime score in Oklahoma's favor. And then either they don't let up at all, or they let up enough that Florida can score enough to make up the rest of the line all by them, or the the rest of that over all by themselves. So I, I'm going to agree with the over as well. There you
1: go. Uh, moving on down the line, we're going to the Memphis, Tennessee for the Liberty Bowl, which I've been to Liberty Bowl. It's not, it's not bad. I mean, you could go to Beale Street and eat first. That's the, that's the best part. Uh, West Virginia facing Tennessee. Oh, man. Uh, Can I go first, please? Please? Uh, please? I mean, you you don't count in this, but I guess Okay, fine. So. I'll Hold wait on. until last. West Virginia open is a six-point favorite. I'm seeing that at 3.5 and, and 4. Uh, over under was set at 45.5. It's pretty much 45.5, 44.5.
0: Uh, you know what, Andy? I, sir, go ahead. What What would you but, like here? It is really simple. I would take West Virginia if they were laying twenty seven points here. So give me West Virginia.
1: Okay. But Tennessee's yeah.
0: won three games this season. Who <laughs> <ooh>, three games? <laughs> I think I think
1: Chris is being um, facetious. I know. I know. Okay. Me too.
3: Three and seven. You got to be kidding me! How that is so. I'm going to go ahead and go here because I. this is disgusting. That a th- <laughs> I, I get the COVID rules to have relaxed the, the six-game win. but like And I said this um, before we started, but, you know, with APR, we've had like five and seven teams make bowl games if there's not enough six and six teams to go around. But now you're putting in a three and seven team, a two and eight South Carolina gets the bowl. and you know, We haven't talked about Arkansas, who's also a three and seven team. All the and they have the the audacity to show up. We've seen five and seven teams coaches be like, "Yeah, I know we're in from APR, but you know we don't deserve it. We're not going. We didn't earn it." Come on, this is a joke. West Virginia's defense is going to throttle the life out of them. Uh, give me West Virginia, hang fifty. Like this is four points as a gift. Uh, I actually get
1: the line is. Uh, I get you three and a half. So there you go. Perfect. Three
4: and a half. Uh, well, in that case, Daniel, what would you like, sir? Uh, I'm showing an over under here of 45, 44 and a half. What do you got?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, 44 and a half or 45 and a half, depending upon which oh, way. Let's take
4: go. that 45 and a half.
2: I'm here. Uh, I'm awake. I'm here. I'm here. West Virginia.
4: Uh, let's put it this way. I don't know who's going to win this game. This feels like a grinded out. I can see Tennessee not even wanting to be there, not even wanting to play. Like a ten nothing first half. You get some of these bowl games every year that are a little weird, where it's like not only did one team not even show up, they didn't score. Literally shut out for four quarters. Uh, I feel like that's going to happen with, with some of these teams that are coming in with you know two, three, four wins into this situation. West Virginia leaned on the defense all year. Uh, this game smells like a a twenty-one twenty, twenty-one seventeen, seventeen six kind of affair so uh absolutely horrible game to watch give me the under
1: i think that's a pretty good idea uh side note uh jared garantano the quarterback for tennessee has apparently entered the transfer portal so i don't think he's even playing in this game so their starting quarterback for tennessee is out um granted he sucked Uh, In fact, the three quarterbacks who really threw passes this season combined, uh, that would be Garantano, Bailey, and Shrout, I don't know how to pronounce it, I don't care, combined for 14 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. (laughs) It's not great. Tennessee's garbage. They really are. They might fire their head coach. They beat South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt and got smoked by everyone not named Arkansas who they blew a giant halftime lead for against. So, and to your Arkansas point... Arkansas is not Arkansas is better than Tennessee and not just on the field <laughs> like not just because they won like it's it's a big difference Tennessee is okay. bad go ahead what no I was gonna finish your pick finish your pick I don't want to interrupt
3: I back your
1: uh Tennessee is bad Tennessee I don't even know who to start for them but we talk No, nah, this is not the right one okay I agree. I, I hate to agree with everything because there's no way I'm coming. But there's no way I'm coming back. I don't think I am. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take West Virginia to cover three and a half. I, they should. I agree. This will be a low scoring affair. My concern here is that you see a game where West Virginia just doesn't put up a lot of points, and Tennessee puts up enough points to keep it within a field goal. But it's one of those games where like the score is closer than the game actually indicates for some strange reason. I don't know. Bowl games are weird. But I think West Virginia wins this.
3: I was yes. going to say twice this year, I have called defensive touchdowns accurately. Yes. I'm calling one. You got one here? Same. West Virginia gets a defensive touchdown.
1: I mean, Tennessee throws lots of interceptions. I'm being I'm being they like to give today. the ball to other teams. So there you go. Uh, okay. Speaking of that Arkansas team you mentioned, who also won three games this year, although they actually beat Auburn, but the refs screwed them over. Um, and they should have beat Missouri. But point is, uh, TCU and Arkansas facing off in the Texas Bowl. TCU open as a six-point favorite. This is a four and a half, five now. Over/under open at fifty-five and a half. It's at 55.5, uh, depending on where you'd like to go. I would like to note one interesting storyline. We all know how much Gary Patterson and Art Briles loathed each other's very existence. Um, in case you were not aware, Art's son Kendall is the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. So along with the whole former Southwest Conference rivals. That adds a fun little wrinkle to this one down there in Houston. Um, has some transitive properties of hate.
0: Oh, but hate. Aren't those the best properties of hate? <laughs>
1: I don't know. In football, yeah. I'll go here. One of these bowl games is going to be weird, right? There's always one you're just like, how is this happening? What is going on? I don't understand it. And I almost thought maybe it would be Tennessee, West Virginia, but Tennessee is a different level of garbage. Arkansas's not bad. Now they've been beat up. They've had some guys opt out. And I'm curious to see how many guys stick around and are healthy for Arkansas. But if they are, I actually think this is a good team. It's a well-coached team. It's got a really good defensive coordinator in Barry Odom. I think there's a reason the over-under is really low. I think TCU should win this, but I could also see a game where Arkansas does. That's not a shot at TCU. I know we've been on Gary P. I know TCU's been on a nice little run here to, in the season to get to a winning record to guarantee that they were going to a bowl game. But bowl games are weird. If there's going to be, and we've seen plenty of weird TCU bowl games. I mean. We have the original Cheez-It Bowl. We have the one where they had a massive deficit to Oregon and came all the way back from like 50 points down. Maybe I'm overestimating how much that was. Usually the weird things benefit TCU, but this feels like it might be a weird one. I think Arkansas is better than their record. I have watched them a lot because I live here, so I'm closer to them than most people. I think... I'm tempted to take the under, but I think... I think... I'm going to take Arkansas plus five. Arkansas has benefited me a few times this season. Maybe this goes my way. Maybe it doesn't. It probably doesn't matter that much. But I think this game gets weird. I do. This is the, the one that disres- I look at and stuff. go. This is the weird go. This is the weird game. The, the disrespect
3: on CCU. The disrespect on Gary Patterson. You know, you're going gonna, gonna to say this. against Louisiana Tech, you said, we're, we're talking about their their previous games and you said you got to throw out the kansas game and i said why would we throw that out that might be their closest data point and sure enough you know it was very similar games well this is the next closest data point with arkansas they've won three games i, I get that sec is in love with or the espn's in love with the sec but this is this is out of hand you know tcu Gary Patterson, I just think way too highly of him to even have this be close um, with this much preparation. Get out of here. Um, enjoy sucking the SEC Arkansas. Sorry, Phil. I know that's.
4: You know, so, what's your pick?
3: <laughs> oh, my, my pick love- is
4: TCU. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't end that rant. Uh, I don't know how many Tell it us how you really can't feel. end that rant with I, no I pick. How
3: many, whatever. I, I, okay. Well, I thought it was. My bad. I thought it was obvious. I I will say at TCU. <laughs> I'm not even sure the points. What is like five?
1: Uh, you get be, best line for you is TCU minus four and a half. All
4: right, I'll take it. Okay. All right, Daniel, Gary Patterson. Uh, since I think in the past eight or nine games as a favorite in a bowl, uh, he's one seven against the spread. Or excuse me. Uh, the past like twelve years. When he's a favorite, he's one and seven against the spread. That tells me he does not have his teams interested in being there and really pulling away from a team that bookmakers have said, TCU, you're better than the team you're playing. Uh, the lone cover was when they got snubbed out of the playoff and then they just came out and absolutely blew the doors off Old Miss. You know, I, I can't remember what that, that stomping was, but 40,
1: it was bad. 48 10 or
4: something. Besides that, his teams have not cared at all uh, w- when they've been slated in bowl games as favorites. The flip side of that: this is Arkansas's first bowl game, I believe, in five years. This is the first. I mean, look, they're three and seven. You know, in the standings—that's not ideal. Obviously, you know, they're they're almost in the floor there of uh, their their side of the SEC, um, but they were competitive. They hung around in enough games for you to say, okay, this team is not inept. This team is not given up. When you combine that and it's their first bowl game in five years, combined with Gary Patterson, having his team's not really caring about being there to, to play to the number. Give me the uh, whatever I got there, in Arkansas, five, six points, whatever it may be. I think Arkansas is going to play, be playing for the win. I think they're going to come ready and prepared, so. I'll take the points. I'm the sure they want to win. and I'm not convinced that Gary Patterson's going to have the purple horned frog. Why?
3: Okay, okay. Well, you can't. You keep disrespecting Gary Patterson. Don't, I mean no, no disrespect. Things. One of my favorite things is, and I hope we get it again this year. But the coaches' room where they where they watch the semi uh, final games with the the coaches. Yeah, Gundy's done it. Patterson has done it, and he mentally walk circles run circles around all the coaches in that room it's unbelievable when you have coaches look at him and he's halfway paying attention calling the play before it's run and other coaches are like uh, other power five coaches are like how did you do that play and he's like, play well, this, recall this, this, and this and he breaks it down this is unbelievable his his coaching acumen is unbelievable i will never doubt gary
4: patterson i i i would say i'm not doubting yeah, the, him uh play recall sitting in a the studio is such a different beast than preparing your team in, I hate to say it, a meaningless game when there's maybe other things for your program to be focused on and then prepare them for this meaningless game where you have to go out and you've got to go cover points. I mean, it's one thing to go out and win the game, but uh, look, 2017 yeah. three point favorite. three point see. favorite over Stanford. They don't cover three point favorite over Georgia a year before that. They don't cover blow out old miss. Michigan State, they lose straight up, or excuse me, they don't cover. Uh, Louisiana Tech, they don't cover. Wisconsin, they don't cover. Boise, they don't cover. It goes on and on back to 08. It's like there's a definite pattern of like, okay, this isn't random. I think Gary Patterson doesn't totally care about covering a number in these meaningless games. That's just what what I'm looking at, and so that's how I end up where I am. There's no disrespect against Gary Patterson.
0: Yeah, and and to – to Chris's point, I think what Gary Patterson does so well is why his defenses are so good. The problem with that, is, like his defense, are phenomenal because a lot of times they are anticipating what is happening. But that doesn't help you when you have three different voices in your offensive coaching room that are all trying to run the offense. Um, they have benefited from playing, you know, against competition who can't stand up to the talent that they have in Louisiana Tech and you know Kansas and like they've benefited a lot in the last few weeks. And that's also taking the pressure off of Garrett Patterson and his coaching staff at this point. And so, you know, momentum and, you know, kind of wanting to be there is a big thing in bowl games. We've already kind of talked about that. TCU just, I don't think they have the motivation in this game to go out and cover, you know, five and a half or four and a half, like however many points you actually give them. And the defense is going to be good, but, but I just don't think that they're going to have enough offensively um, to be able to cover Whatever amount that they need to, I, I'm going to go with Arkansas on this again. I mean, I, I agree. It's not disrespect on Gary Patterson, just like with what Philip and and Daniel said. It's more about the fact that TCU just doesn't seem to care too much about whether they cover in these bowl games or not. And honestly, it's not a game that they need to win. There's no pressure on the coaching staff. They're not, you know, coaching for their for their lives in this game at all. Um, they've already secured next year with pretty much whatever they want to do because they finished with a winning record this year. And there's no, like there are no expectations for this team right now in this game. Well, let, let me ask you, do you think that TCU is better than Oklahoma
3: state? I mean, we, we know TCU beat them just a couple weeks ago. Do you think they're better than Oklahoma state? Because if so, they're playing a significantly lower bowl
0: against a si- significantly lower opponent. I don't, I don't know that. I think that they are, better than Oklahoma state. I think they caught them at a really bad time for Oklahoma state and their offense happened to kind of figure some things out while Oklahoma state's defense was having some really bad play in that particular game. Um, like it's one of those things that, you know, it, they can catch it at the right time. And in part, I think that Oklahoma state game that win for them really helped, you know, take them off the hot seat and really kind of helped solidify the position for the coaches, which plays into the motivation factor for the bowl game. Bowl seasons weird because all the programs are at different places they all need different things out of these games and for TCU it's really just about being able to go to the bowl game. They're guaranteed a winning season at this point whether they win this one or not it doesn't really you know, it doesn't matter as much as it, it does for a team like Arkansas who is trying to put a good note on the end of their season where you know they did get kind of screwed out of a couple games potentially um, they are a better team than their three and seven record says yes, they're still a three and seven team. Um, I just I just think that they're that they're going to be in a better position for this one to if they don't win outright at least keep it within a field goal.
3: Okay, so let me ask you, what do you think of Arkansas' defense? Because that's where TCU has struggled. This season, they've struggled against teams that have really good defenses.
0: I mean, their offense has struggled all over the place, though. It hasn't just been teams with really good defenses. And so, like again, I could see this one going either way. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't think TCU could cover it. Sure. I just think if I'm having to pick it, I'm going to say, that there's so many factors that are going into this game that are pointing towards Arkansas covering the points, whether they win it or not, at least covering. That that That's where i put my money if I had any money to put on it. All right.
1: Last one. We're not doing non Big 12 this week because we're already pushing time-wise and because we have enough games. Uh, Iowa State, Jamie, Iowa State. We're talking about Iowa State in case you're curious. Uh, <laughs> Come back to open the podcast. As a three point f- <laughs> open is a three-point favorite over Oregon. Over under open at 535 uh, over, uh, the Iowa state line is now minus three and a half or minus four. The over-under has gone up to 56 and a half.
4: Uh, Daniel, where, where do you want to go here? Like we mentioned earlier in the pod, I think this is, uh, this is probably the, the matchup where we're going to get the two most complete teams. Uh, Oregon's probably going to lose, uh, one, probably their best defensive player, uh, for this game. Uh, is there is there any official word yet on you know, what I'll say, Iowa State's big three, tight in, running back, quarterback? Is there any word yet, like someone's not going to play in the bowl game or anything like that? No, okay. So my assumptions there, uh, I'm going to be taking Iowa State to win. I think Matt Campbell and his crew, or excuse me, to cover. Matt Campbell and his crew got a little taste of preparing for a big game. Now they have a few weeks against... A good team, but I'm assur- I am don't feel like it's a team that's going to care as much. Of all the bowl games, I think Iowa State's going to be one of the most motivated teams going into the bowl game this year. Uh, again, first taste of the big stage. Now they have another opportunity to play what all, in a higher-profile bowl game. Right, They're not stuck in the, you know, whatever. Luigi's Pizza Lawnmower Bowl played on a Wednesday Day at 10 a.m. You know on ESPN two right? They have they've got a real stage. I feel like they're going to show up prepared to cover the spread. I hate taking a Big 12 favorite in in a bowl game, but here I am. Let's go.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Jamie's happy with that one. Of course she is.
1: So let me let me point a little little piece of history for you. I know the season's weird because of the schedule and because of COVID and everything else, but Iowa State currently at eight and three. And they've had a lot of firsts this year. Obviously, outright regular season Big Twelve champ, got to the Big Twelve title game, played for a conference championship. The, all Big Twelve awards are just painted in in is black and white or red and yellow. I forget you guys school colors now because the uniforms are throwing me off a bit. Um, <laughs> the <shade. I'm> sorry. <laughs> but eight and three. It's cold, man. Iowa State has an opportunity here to do something else that they never do win nine games. The last time Iowa State won nine games, 2000 with Dan McCartney, they went nine and three. So I've sat here and I'm going through history and I'm going through history and I'm going through history and I'm going through history. And And the only other time that I see that Iowa State won nine games in a season in football was in 1906. They went nine and one as an independent. I can't even see who the coach was in, in 1906. They may not have had a head coach. I don't know. Winning nine games is something Iowa State doesn't do. This year, they have the opportunity to do so. Another marquee, another huge thing for Iowa State program. I agree, Daniel. I think Iowa State is all in on this. I think they want to win this. I think it's the biggest stage they've been in a bowl game, Um Last two opportunities have had in big marquee bowl games didn't go well. I think this one does. I think Oregon is, is solid, but this isn't a, I mean, again, Oregon got to in the big 12 championship game against the USC team that literally had to come back in fourth quarters against bad teams over and over and over again. Oregon went four and two, lost to Oregon state. I I think it's a fine Oregon team. I don't think they're very good. I think this uh, Iowa State team is better than this Oregon State team. Oregon team is, or, and Oregon State, period. Um, I think you're right. I think Iowa State is motivated. I think they want this win. I think they want to end cap this season on the best way possible, and they are going to be super motivated. Teams that are motivated in bowl games perform well. They do, because caring does matter. I It's like I said, I think too many teams feed the – we didn't even care line after they lose, and I do think that's the case. But I do think teams that care more perform better. I think it's one of the reasons Texas does well in bowl games. I think Tom Herman gets the teams up to like, no, let's go, let's go win this. I think they will be motivated. I think they want this win. I agree. I will take Iowa State to cover.
3: Yeah, uh, Iowa State. The fans are going to struggle to stay pay uh, to stay paying attention to football more than Iowa State's going to struggle in this game. That makes sense because typically by this time as we're witnessing with jamie you know they're pretty much full basketball mode so uh being having to stay interested in football and it's going to be a change of pace um but i don't think they're I you know they're not gonna have an issue with that but let's be real, oregon didn't deserve to be in the game they were in and yes they won it and that's great and i i would stay here for a couple reasons one They're extremely well-coached. Matt Campbell, I mean, they're extremely well-coached. I don't think they're going to have problems there. But two, going back to the Big 12 championship game, kind of, you know, they're in this festival, And I I think they got some of those jitters. They're not going to be as uncomfortable walking into that stadium as they were in Jerry World. And the way that game ended, they understand that they saw – that once they got their feet under them, and once they the game, you know, the game kind of came to them, then they took it over, right? So I I think it's gonna they're not gonna have that struggle of a start in this game, and I don't think Oregon um, can hang with them when Iowa State is uh, hitting on every cylinder. And so yeah, I I think they come in and get another decisive win for the Big Twelve. And I'll take Iowa State to cover. What's what's the points?
0: Three and a half. Yeah, this one's easy. It, it's going to be Iowa State to cover. I mean, honestly, I think the only the only question is when when Matt Campbell wins this game with Iowa State, how many uh, other jobs he's going to be linked to that he's never ever going to take. So,
3: what I want to see here, I want to see Brees Hall go off. That's what I
0: want to see. That would be awesome.
1: Okay, all that's done. So there's only one thing left to do because we're about to hit the two-hour mark, which is the longest the show's ever gone, and I know we all would like to go to bed. Um, so, for all our listeners, I want to say thank you. This year has been awesome. This year has been great. This year has been fantastic in large part because of you guys. Uh, no one wrote us a review, so none of you are going to get to participate in Secret Santa though. and That's not my fault. It's yours. I asked a very simple thing. Um, I do have a home field shirt to give away. We'll probably do that on Instagram. At Tentacle Pod. Okay, so Secret Santa, let's do this. I want we're gonna wrap up on here. This is how we're gonna end our show today. Uh, let's see who wants to open their present first. Um, not me because I don't have one because mine didn't arrive. You have so, you have
2: a, an email.
1: I have an With a email that picture? will show me a picture of what I got. So I'll save that <laughs> for a second because um, I can't show anybody. Andy, would you like to? Would you like to? open first would you like to open sure i can pressure? do that
0: i will i full disclosure i went ahead and opened the box because i know people don't want to hear that on the microphone but did not look inside yet so um yeah oh, so we'll we'll thinking ahead yeah exactly because let me tell you that's one of the worst sounds ever is tape popping right next to your microphone <laughs> yeah, I, so. I,
3: i'm with philip is i don't believe mine has shown up yet uh, but uh, i would not have thought of that
0: that's great yeah cool. okay so I opened my. I have two different things in here. They are, this one's called a, a diamond puzzle, and then there's a shooting star puzzle. So I'm really big on like Rubik's cubes and other puzzles and things like that. So uh, I've got two more to add to my collection. Things that I do not actually have at this point. So this is absolutely fantastic. Thank you, whoever it was that sent these.
1: All right. So who is Andy's Secret Santa?
0: That was me, Chris. Okay, I, I kind of <laughs> thought it was okay. because. The uh, return address had the last name Ross on it, and so I kind of figured uh, that that's what it was.
3: Yeah, why did they do that? <laughs> see,
0: I... okay. I, so have no I idea. did
3: not See, that's what... I was afraid to do it because it was going to have my phone number on it.
0: So then I ship it myself, and they put my freaking name on it. Great. Oh, that's funny. I was wondering how they did mine because I know that I direct shipped mine, and I forgot to tell them it was a gift. So we'll see what happens. Very nice. All right. Well, since Chris was
1: Andy's Secret Santa... Chris, I, I, you didn't. You didn't arrive. Is that right? Not yet. No, that's fine. The the turnaround
3: Thanks. on this is uh, was pretty quick. I was actually pretty nervous about Andy's arriving. So
1: the mail service is doing the best they can. Okay, well, who is who is Chris's secret Santa?
4: I was Daniel. There we go. Yeah. Dude, All right. It sucks it didn't show up. It's an awesome, nice. Gift, actually, in my opinion, it's very cool should i do i say it what do i do, do I no give no away or we're or just I
1: gonna I... let him find out when it gets there and then oh, it's <laughs> just so i
3: mean all i want <laughs> yeah, is it's, like can come on your Instagram. top five money picks and uh, I'll, I'll take <laughs> <one of those. laughs> and it'll arrive after
2: they've all been played right like
4: after
3: yeah. after the yeah. games yeah. have
2: already happened and, and <laughs> so i'll see that it's, it's like
3: five and oh and yeah
4: yeah i'm, I'm bummed it said uh I, on monday it said we guarantee it'll be there in five days. And I even got a little email a few days ago that was like, Hey, this thing's in route. We're good. I was like, okay, cool. But sorry. I you, know. you, I think
2: you,
4: but you will enjoy yes. it. I, I think. All right. I'm so since Daniel,
1: uh, Daniel was Chris's secret center. Daniel, why don't you uh, open up your box there and see what we got.
4: I took the advice. I just hit mute and I cut this box open right now. We're waiting. <laughs> so I so don't even have to cut it open. Smart guy
2: it's a big box it is a
0: huge box i know
2: this is
4: oh this is a super legit gift somebody 10 bottles of hot sauce different flavors different heats come on you guys this is legit this is and some throwaway Those secret aren't like Santa the games. Their...
2: bottles, either. Those are no, these are full bottles, hot sauce bottles. That's incredible.
4: Green chili, spicy barbecue, jalapeno, intense garlic. It goes all the way up to 10. Ghost pepper. Oh, I don't know <laughs> if I'd be messing with go. I don't <laughs> I won't be messing with that. Hey, thank you so much. Who was that? Was
0: me. So, nice. I, I, so this... I, went, I went out and I went to Target to get mine because I was trying to figure out where I could go that didn't like have them out because I was like. You mentioned that you liked hot sauce. I'm like, okay, that's definitely what I'm getting because I hate hot sauce and my wife absolutely loves it. So she always gives me crap because I won't ever go look at them. Um, So I was like, I'll go do that. And I found one and then it told me two days later after I ordered it, it was delivered. And I'm like, well, crap, he's going to have this box sitting there for like five days before we even get started. So
4: Uh, my girlfriend and I knew I was like, Hey, did you order
0: something? She's like, no. I was like, oh crap. Okay. So, so wait, wait. I have to know: Did it have anything that would identify me on the po- on, on the box?
4: No, nothing. No, nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't know where it came from or anything. This is great. Thank you so much, man. That, yeah, this no will, problem. This will absolutely be put to use in this household. Very nice. So, Very
1: nice.
2: by process of elimination, I see that Philip and, I, and I exchanged, and only <laughs> Philip knew. Yes. He knew the whole time.
1: I know all. I am the master of all things. Well, Jamie. uh why don't you why don't So you was open I those? was I
2: to receive two packages? Yes Okay, good because I I oh. just receive a lot of things to my house so it was process of sure. elimination of I don't think I ordered I anything. ordered
1: all these but these two boxes. <laughs> yes, there's two different boxes because yes. there's they came from different places. Well they all came from Amazon. Yeah everything comes from Amazon. Amazon runs the world.
2: So we've got we've got some uh some Marianne chocolate filled mint candies which is excellent. Yeah. I can even, I can put them in a, in a purse perhaps, because they appear to be individually wrapped. Love that. And then I'm not muting to open these. So you're just going to get the full glory of ripping open bags. (laughs) And then we've got, oh, oh, there we go. Wow. We've got some some Copico coffee and cappuccino candy. I love weird candy. Like one of my biggest things that makes me upset is that Japan gets all the good Kit Kat flavors. So like you give me some funky candy that I'm not gonna get at the gas station. Oh. I'm happy. Good job. Thank you, Philip. That's
1: what you said you wanted. So I just started Googling, like, what are some weird, Europe, like, love overseas it. candies. Oh, I'm
2: super like... excited. And I've never had any of these. Oh,
3: you know where they nice. have a lot of that kind of stuff? is Asian markets?
1: I love, yeah. it's amazing. I
2: get boba uh, pearls
1: there. All right. Jamie sent me an email. So let's open this email since it's my, ooh.
2: You gotta read every every line of it. There's only like three.
1: Oh, the irony of this reference from earlier. Cousin I know. Cousin Eddie's Holiday Blend coffee. Oh, very nice. What was it? It's I, called I it. Cousin Eddie's Holiday Blend. Oh wow! It's, oh, that from, is awesome. it's from
2: a roaster in Ames, Iowa.
1: Oh, very cool.
2: And they have on it like very, very genuinely. They and Lazy Fair are, like basically all I like, drink anymore because i've gotten so picky and this one is like their most popular blend they do i think you will enjoy
1: this looks good i'm excited i love a good bag of coffee Mm, very nice jamie thank you i will look forward to uh grinding that up and enjoying a cup over the holidays yes okay well folks this has been fun um so let me just start by saying this um to andy and jamie Uh, you guys have been an awesome addition to the show this year uh, during football season. I am psyched to have you guys continuing every uh, Sunday slash Monday through basketball season, talking hoops. This has been so much fun. Uh, Really seriously. I've loved having you guys here Uh, for Chris and Daniel. I mean, honestly, same thing. Like having you guys for picks has been a ton of fun. You guys have been uh, similarly. I mean, Chris has been here for a while and Daniel has been here a bit before, but I mean, I could have asked for two better people to be coming on every week and doing picks with me. Like, it's been a ton of fun. It's been getting better and better every week. So you guys have all been awesome. This show has gotten better because of the four of you. Um, this show has gotten has grown because our listeners are awesome. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate the nice things you guys say about us on Twitter, even when you don't tag us. Uh, I appreciate the comments and replies. This year's been a lot of fun. Uh, this season's been awesome. Uh, It has been, I think, a stressful time for everyone. Uh, Jamie's getting married and moved. Chris brought in a a kid. Andy moved. I think Daniel's been pretty good. He's just making money over there in California, having a good time. I'm not moving. I just picture
3: Philip reading random tweets about other things and just
0: assuming it's about the digital. Oh, they did find (laughs) me in that. How weird. (laughs) Look, look. The only thing I'm disappointed about that has not happened on this podcast is yet we have yet to get a review that said, that simply says, I hate Andy. <laughs> I've been wanting it for the longest time ever since Philip suggested it, and no one has done it yet. So please don't disappoint me anymore. Someone please give us a review. So let like me just that. say, that is the Christmas wish for, for our listeners, if you get
1: to do us a favor, especially if you listen on iTunes. Like, not every podcast place does reviews or or ratings. Like, it's big on iTunes, though, and at, and it helps people, more people, find the show. Um, uh, we have a we have a, a really good listener base. Uh, we've got people who tweeted us and talked to me on our Twitter account all the time. We've got people, whether you come in just for Mondays, just for Thursdays, for both, or when we only talk about your team, I don't care. If you listen to the show and have liked it, I really appreciate it. Uh, if you would, do us a favor and leave us a five-star rating and a review. And yes, you can say, the show is great except for Andy. His voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard. That is fine and hilarious, and we will gladly read that out. Um, so follow now, us on wait Twitter. Wait a minute. I didn't say That's that. Really so, yeah. Hey. If you put it in my hand, I will run to the finish line with it and then keep going. So thank you again to everybody. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the four of you. Uh, we will be back after the new year. Um, we will continue our Monday, Thursday format Mondays. We will talk basketball Thursdays. I don't know yet. Uh, Chris and Daniel will be back next football season for picks, although don't think that you won't hear from both of them throughout the year because Daniel is awesome and will bring in some great insight on betting. Apparently he loves betting college basketball, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Chris just loves to talk, so of course we will have him back on because he can fill a whole podcast for me, which is really nice to just sit back and not have to do anything every once in a while. Uh, and of course Jamie and Andy every Monday, so... Merry Christmas to all of you. Merry Christmas to the four of you. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone as well. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you again uh, after the calendar flips.
4: Podcast Network.